I was wondering, I mean, should should this just be a podcast today where we talk about, like, I don't know, fishing? Fishing's fun. Fishing is fun. Do you like to fish? I haven't gone fishing in years, but I don't mind. It's a peaceful activity. No heartbreak involved. So. Well, if there's heartbreak involved, it's probably no better than the Jags. Yep. All right. Let's get started. <laughs> And welcome to the Drunken Jaguar. This is an SB Nation and Big Cat Country podcast about all things outdoors. Yes, you heard it. Climbing, bouldering, fishing, hunting, and snorkeling. Joining me is co-host Asad Asan. Uh, how are you doing, Asad? And what are you up to in this beautiful autumn day? Ah, oh, man. It's, you know, it's getting a little chilly here in Colorado. Been watching a lot of tennis. On Sunday, watch some more tennis. Uh, I was so mad. I just took a nap about 3 p.m. So that's how it's going for me, man. It's fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. Same, same here. I'm just trying to take it easy these days, you know, hydrating, uh, sleeping well, just really clearing my mind, just preparing for the next hike when it comes. Uh, that's all, all we got at, at, at the moment, right? All we have is the natural world around us, the beauty of nature. Just a chance to find some peace and serenity and an escape from the troubles of life, which we don't don't have to mention. Yes, and the troubles of life. You know, life is already hard enough. And then when a certain football team plays the way they did on Sunday, it makes life a lot harder. Wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Oh, my God. I, I think you just triggered something. Something did happen on Sunday. Oh, f- what what happened? Giants beat the Packers in London. Yes, to join the elite NFC East. We got the Philadelphia Eagles undefeated, five and zero. New York Football Giants four and one. The Cooper Rush led Dallas Cowboys four and one. What a, what a, what an exciting time! Exciting time. What about Washington? Washington, uh, they're one and four. Who did they beat? I just, <laughs> oh, I can't. God. The J JJs. Ew, that sounds gross. What's the JJs? Are you ready to talk about it? I mean, we, we don't have to talk about Jack. We can talk about anything else, man. What's, what else is good to talk about? What, like bowling? You like bowling? Bowling's fun. You can you can drink. Uh, why? Why us? And the Jaguars are so stupid. Yeah, those will suck. I, I give up. I don't even want to look at the box score. I looked at it right after the game. I was like, oh. Well, the box score isn't bad ish. Trevor's, if you put your thumb over the two interceptions, like I am right now, it doesn't look that bad. Etienne had a good game. Marvin Jones had a good game. Wow. What a team. Two straight weeks where he's been irrelevant, though. So, 422 yards of offense, my friend. We dominated. What the fuck? What the fuck? Even got him on the ground. Red zone efficiency. Looking like the fucking Broncos. <laughs> All right. So let's break it down. Let's break it down. So the Jaguars lost literally the worst game you can lose to the Houston Texans who had not won a game yet. They had tied. They tied a game. 
uh, in their opening week, but they had not won a game yet. Oh, three and one. The Jaguars dropped the game to the Texans in Jacksonville. We had just seen a really ugly game on Thursday night football. Everyone was talking about how utterly boring it was and how the teams would be better off. What was it? Uh, punting on first down for better, better field position. We, we basically outdid that. If you pull up the recap of the game, the Texans go three and out on the first possession. The Jaguars go three and out. The Texans have then four plays. Jaguars have six plays on the position following that. Texans again have another four player. These are all punt, 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 punt. Eventually, the Jaguars are able to muster a field goal. The Texans answer with a field goal. Uh, next possession, the Jaguars have a turnover on downs, which is a theme of this game. We went for it thrice and lost it on fourth downs. Texans are able to capitalize on that, go up 6-3 against the Jaguars. This is towards the end of the second quarter, to which, thank goodness, the Jaguars are able to answer with a field goal to end the first half. The game is tied 6-6. Six to six. And they come out in the third quarter, and we have this nine-play drive for 68 yards that culminates in what is now an infamous, possibly the worst play of Trevor Lawrence's career on a second-and-one uh, deep in the red zone. Lawrence uh, runs to the right and throws really an impossible ball to Zay Jones. He's not open at all. Uh, Derek Stingley has already read the play, picks it off, um, for some reason runs it out of the end zone. An angry Trevor Lawrence tackles him. Uh, what is it? Like a morale-busting turnover on downs. Okay, Texans don't do anything with it. They still drive 12 plays and punt. Jaguars get the ball back <laughs> to go on another 10-play drive and have a turnover on downs. And this turnover on downs is at the, let me look it up here. Is it the, the Houston 38? All right, fourth and one, and Robinson gets stopped. James Robinson gets stopped. Okay, so now we go back into some more lackluster play here. The Texans get the ball, three and out, punt. Jaguars get the ball back, three and out, punt. Here is where the second worst play of the game, I would argue, happens uh, on the Texans' next possession, where they're driving. They get into Jaguars territory. They are out of field goal range after a holding penalty. And on third and 20, Travon Walker gets called offsides and makes contact with Texans quarterback Davis Mills. Play's already been whistled dead. And Walker proceeds to to slam, slam Davis Mills onto the grass. And it's an obvious roughing the passer play. Really stupid mistake. And the Texans are able to rebound from that, go down and drive and score a touchdown. Uh, Damian Pierce having a pretty good day. Definitely a couple good runs against the Jaguars. Um, he scores. Jaguars get the ball back. Now we're towards the end of the game here. They are able to drive nine plays and yet again are not able to convert on a fourth down. They have a fourth and 10 right in the middle of the field at the 50-yard line. And Trevor Lawrence misses Evan Ingram. Okay. Hope is not over yet. The Texans go three and out. They get one yard on three plays. Jaguars get the ball back. It's Trevor time. Okay, this is now going to be the third time in our short season that Trevor Lawrence has the opportunity to do something to try to come back and win a game. And uh, what happens? We're able to put together seven plays. However, this time, the last play of the game, Trevor going for the Hail Mary grossly underthrows his receivers who have clustered uh, towards the end zone and the ball's picked off end of game. What the fuck? Wow.
just honestly, even listening to you give the give the damn recap was almost boring. That was actually more exciting than the game, than watching the game. There's actually still a lot to unpack here, you know. Like, working backwards, I understand, you know, that last drive, we get the ball back with, what, 40 seconds and no timeouts. It was pretty much over, right? But they gave themselves a chance with the Hail Mary. And you were right. That Hail Mary was... Severely underthrown, and you would think he could get it there too if he steps into it. Because I could get it there, and I could personally get it there. Honestly, God, and the downs, man. Yeah, I'm starting to think there's a problem with the Jaguars going for it on fourth down because fourth and short has not been friendly. You said it was a theme of this game, but it's starting to become a theme of the season as well because they're not converting on fourth downs. You know, it, did, it didn't happen last week. A couple weeks ago, it still didn't happen. It's it's going to be something Doug Peterson's going to have to address. Maybe better play calling. Maybe just stop going for them because I don't know if this team can even get them anymore. Well, I got to mention first, when Stingley got that pick, I don't think he had a read on the ball. I, I think uh, he was just standing there. And Trevor threw it to him. There was no intended receiver. The intended receiver was was Derek Stingley. Stingley's uh, belly button, yeah. Yeah, it was literally right to him. But how about that tackle by Trevor Lawrence, huh? Really, He really he really got him there at the two-yard line or whatever it was. I mean, that, that was almost one of those. I mean, like when a team turns the ball over and you have someone who's not a traditional ball carrier running back a pick or fumble recovery, I mean, it's not uncommon that they fumble again. I mean, I, I almost expected Trevor to go force a fumble there and the Jaguars score a touchdown. I mean, how, how much would that have changed our whole week? Yes, it would have changed a lot. Or he's rolling out. There's nobody open. There's a cluster of people in one little box, two-yard radius, right? Run it. You have the angle. You have the edge. And this has been my knock on Trevor for a while now. And we see him run it. We see that uh, the Jags even have designed run plays for Trevor. And usually they work out pretty well. You have the angle, run the ball. You need two yards. You don't need the touchdown. You don't need the six right now. He could have easily got the first down. I watched it over and over again. Yes, I came to the conclusion he definitely could have got it. If that was Josh Allen, you know what he would have done? He would have got it. He would have ran it. And he would have put his body on the line and got it. Trevor didn't even have to put his body on the line. He could have just ran, stuck the ball out there, and he would have got it. Mahomes would have got it. Herbert, all these guys, man. I'm really frustrated with Trevor Lawrence, man. Like you cannot, you can't make that play. I just didn't understand it. I was walking to the bathroom during commercials, just saying to myself over and over again, I was like, you can't do that. You can't make that throw. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. Because you're hurting your team. And it's dictating the outcome of the game. I just don't get it. And that's two weeks in a row now where one play has really impacted everything. Because, I mean, if they score a touchdown there or if he gets the first down, they either get a field goal or a touchdown. And that's points. And we're just we're leaving too many points on the field. And, yes, uh, we should definitely talk about what happened with our other number one pick. Not good, huh? Not good. What what did what did you think about that? Like you you're already offside, man. You don't need to get another penalty because we could have lived with third and fifteen, right? What do you think? Because the third and fifteen is fine. We still would have got the stop, I believe. I don't know what went through Trevon Walker's mind. I, I do one thing. I do like uh, that people 
who was it with the commentators were like, this is uncharacteristic of him. You know, we've talked to him and everything. I do agree that Trayvon Walker is not this, does not appear to be this sort of like hot headed person, even better or worse, right? Like he's, he's got fight in him. We saw him cry after that first, uh, that week one loss against the commanders. Is that what they're f-ing called? But you know, he's, he, but that that's 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 beautiful, right? The shows this guy is really affected by losing and doesn't want to lose. I'm guessing that got into his psyche uh, on this drive here, and he was probably frustrated after not getting to the quarterback the whole game, and finally he, you know, makes it through but gets caught breaking the rules, or whatever. And, and I don't know if this mixture of like embarrassment or just frustration and whatever, um, wants to go through with this massive Stone Cold Steve Austin f-ing throwdown for no reason. But it was it was in really poor taste. I mean, anybody watching football the last two weeks would have seen Tua Tango Vailoa go down in two really nasty tackles, the last of which may have put him out, who knows, like indefinitely or forever or something. I mean, wow. I mean, what, what's your take? We've seen these roughing the passers, and they've gotten a little crazy. Uh, we saw uh, two really good examples on Sunday, and then last night, again, I'm talking about Monday night, uh, Sunday with Tom Brady where Grady Jarrett got him, which was definitely not a roughing the passer. I think everyone knows about that call. And then Chris Jones last night on Derek Carr where he, like, strip-sacked him, and he really couldn't do anything. But there's a difference between those plays that we saw. One is those weren't roughing the passers. You know, they didn't actually throw them down. They were actually just trying to go get the quarterback down for a sack. Now, I'm pretty sure that play was blown dead, right? The Trayvon Walker. Yes, yes, yes. Hours ago, yeah. Right. So if you hear the whistle and you got a hold of him, you got to let go either way. Like, why are you throwing him down? The whistle blew. And the penalty was on you, and you probably knew it. So what was the point of that? could have been a moment of frustration. I would h- hope it was a mo- moment of frustration and he's just not a dumb football player, right? Because that would be a really dumb play. And it was a dumb play either way. Y- y- that can't happen. Those kind of things can't happen. You hurt your team there because that's an automatic first down. If you get the neutral zone infraction, that's fine, right? It happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a dead ball play, even though they're both dead ball penalties, technically. You know, you set up a third and 15. And third and 15... You know, they're not even in field goal range. Even if they got 10 or so, even if they got 12, I believe on fourth and two, fourth and three, they would have punted it just because of the flow of the game. And no one was scoring. It was a tie game. So he really hurt his team, man. And, you know, you were talking about your mom says that one play doesn't decide the outcome of of a game, but two plays literally decided the outcome of this game, in my opinion. All right. First of all, what do you have against my mom? (laughs) Second of all, the ramifications of a roughing the passer call are not going through his mind when he's making this play. So I, I do see, I see frustration coming out. He's he's not taking into account how stupidly risky this play is. Can't explain why he goes through with it. But man, we saw Devonte Adams f-ing slug a camera person the other night out of frustration. So I don't know. Now what I'm really concerned about is more of this happening, right? So that's one isolated play we're able to look at it and say. Wow, that was terrible. We all respect the player. We got full faith this guy is not going to have this as like a patternistic kind of behavior in games. And hopefully this is not a risk that, that'll be you know, something, something that risks being contagious to other players on the team the more they get frustrated. However, it does remind me of the 2018 
Jaguars team, the one that Blake Bortles was still QBing, right? He'd actually just been assigned, signed to this huge extension. The Jaguars had come off the 2017 AFC Championship game. Many, including some of our podcasting uh, peers over at Down by the Bank, were saying that all we needed to be was five minutes better, right? We need, all we need to do is be able to just close off the Patriots. We actually beat the Patriots in a glorious Keelan Cole fingertip adorned victory in that season. And then by week, four, was it four or five? We're losing uh, to the Cowboys. We have a literal duck of a game against the Chiefs. We just go on this huge collapse. And that was where, was that where we had on offense, actually? What was it the game against the, was it the Bills or something? I can't remember who it was. But where it was like Leonard Fournette like rushed and fought. What, what was going on? Do you remember this? Ah, oh, yes, 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 I do. I'm trying to think of who it was against. Well, anyway, so we, we have... You know, these these plays where the defense in that, which is a very highly lauded defense with many of the returning cast from 2017, starts to sort of collapse week after week and gets increasingly frustrated and takes it out with all these uh, stupid penalties. And I do want to kind of hark in the past here and ask you a question about, you know, are we at a moment where we're at some kind of a soul searching, dark night of the soul, learning, lear- learning a lesson? Or are we cratering towards collapse? And Brett James, who I met at the Bold City Brigade pregame <laughs> bar meetup thing in Houston, right before our first game with Urban Meyer last year. Brett James has a YouTube channel, and he's on Twitter, and tweeted that the 2017 Saxonville Jaguars started off 3-3. Three and three. Okay, They were 1-1 one one in the division and went to the AFC Championship game. The 2022 Jacksonville Jaguars are currently so they're they're they are two and three, one and one in the division, and are taking on the Colts next week. Okay, so essentially, I'm at, this is my words here, but you know we beat the Colts, we go to three and three, two and one in the division, et cetera, et cetera. He says season is far from over, and people forget simple things like this. So, is that an accurate description of where we are right now, or are we really cratering towards collapse, more like 2018? I think, yes, it's it's a young team, right? So you got to take that into account. And you have to take into account, they in those two games that they won, they looked excellent, right? So you got to remember the good times, too. So this team has played good football, and we've seen it. It hasn't been ugly wins. The Jaguars won definitively. It was smooth sailing, right? So I believe they can do that again and get back to that level. I think it's, you know, the little things. And some of it's on the coach, you know, some of these four downs. But a lot of it's on on the quarterback, man. We've seen in those games he played really well. And I kind of want to go back to that Colts game, you know, where they were going with the quick hitters, you know, trying to get Trevor in rhythm quickly and early in the game because he never really looked in rhythm. He looked okay, I would say. But the offense looked good, I would say. I I think the running game was really good. I thought Etienne – was fantastic. You know, we didn't see much of J-Rob, but like I said before, there was just way too many points left on the field. So I am still optimistic. If we lose to the Colts, will will I have a different opinion? I mean, yes, I probably will because the Colts are not playing good football right now, but they're going to come in knowing that, hey, this team blanked us. Like we got to, we got to get our, get our tag back on them. And they're at home. They know they're still in the division. They are now second in the division. Everyone's fighting now. It's just going to be such a big game for the Jaguars. We're going to have to see how they rebound. And that's what's going to really tell us the identity of this team. Are they a team that 
you know, when things start to go bad, they, they start to go down with the team or they pick their heads up and they start playing good football again. So we're, we're going to see, but yes, it is so early in the season. So I don't want to count the Jaguars out quite yet. So one thing we can talk about is Trevor Lawrence and whether or not Trevor Lawrence is some form of a bust or letdown or where his ceiling's at or whatever, because we, we can't escape. So even though, yes, you have hope, you're optimistic, the Jaguars have played decently still. We still offensively appeared, statistically appeared to have dominated this game against the Texans, that there should be hope. Right. There's still we definitely have the potential like we did when we play well, we play amazing this year. It looks like we could beat anyone when we're playing well. It's almost I wanted to make a joke about like, oh, our next gen stats have deducted that when the Jaguars are in a good mood, they kick ass and when (laughs) they're dejected and they collapse. Well, yeah, no, duh. Right. That appears to be what's happening. But with this this one play, man, the second and one. And all you need is a few yards for a touchdown. You're in the second half of the game, score is tied, and Trevor throws that interception that, like, no one should have thrown. No one no one in their right mind would have thrown that. You could easily throw it away. You could, people joke about how he could have walked for a first down. Knowing Trevor, he probably could have run it in for a touchdown. Uh, I've even heard, you know, Blake Bortles would have run that in with ease, with grace, Congratulations, by the way, to Blake Bortles uh, retiring, calling it a career or whatever. I hope it's not going to last. I hope he does come back. And in his words, if someone is stupid enough to pay him $20 million to come back, <laughs> that he takes it out. We love the boat. We love the boat. <laughs> but um, whose fault was that interception in the end zone, man? Is that is that Doug not trusting the run? Was it Doug getting crafty, thinking that, oh, second and one, oh, they, they know we're going to run it. Oh, we'll show them. We'll bootleg it off to the right and have Trevor hit Zay Jones in the back of the end zone. Or, or is it Trevor's? Is it Trevor's fault? Is it just like a, a lack of vision? And is Trevor? Is he as uh, you know, part of my take called him bust adjacent? Maybe not a bust, but bust adjacent right now. Man, I see. I'm I'm looking back through this, and I, man, I was thinking it was a fourth down. It was a second and goal, right? Second and one. Second, it's even it's even better. Second and one, so you can just easily get the first down and then try whatever for three more plays. No, okay. See that that changes things. See, I for for some reason I thought it was fourth down. Yeah, second down, man, and it wasn't even goal to go, right? So you could have picked up one more first down, and first and goal from the what five four something like that. That sounds that sounds pretty good to me. Then you have three plays to get in there. Either way, sure, we can blame Doug Peterson on maybe you know not calling a run and just trusting the run, but. You also have to trust your quarterback to make the right decision. The best, the second best thing he could have done there was throw the football away, right? You know, we see some quarterbacks throw that ball to the back pylon, like over everyone's head, basically saying, if my guy is not, he doesn't even have a chance, that's okay, but it's either him or nobody. But he really tries, tried to like squeeze it in when he didn't even have anybody. Like Zay Jones was crossing, but there's so many bodies over there. Still, I think I just don't understand why he didn't run. He had the angle. You, your eyes are down the field. You don't see anybody. You don't have to throw the ball, especially on second down. I mean, if it's fourth down and you throw throw the interception, it's a little different. If it was fourth and goal, especially, it was second down and you need a yard. 
just run for it or throw the ball away. So he has to be smart. Well, wait a second, because you could apply exactly what you said. You no need to throw. He could just run it. You could apply that to the play call as well. Why don't we just run the ball second and one? Yes. I'm, I mean, at this point, I wouldn't mind seeing our 6'6", however the hell tall he is, quarterback on second and one. I don't care. Just sneak it. Just get the first down, get a first and goal at the five or whatever, and then go from there. Yeah, you got you got to try running the ball. And if it's third third and goal, you know what you have to do. You know, you can throw the ball on third and goal or you can call two plays and try to get it even closer to the goal line and go for it on fourth down and run it again. I don't know. It feels like Doug doesn't tr- uh, trust his running backs a lot in some of these situations. Now, we got to think back though. In the second quarter, they they did get stopped though, didn't they? On downs? Yes, they did. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's safe. That's a safe question for basically any quarter in this game there, there was some turnover on downs yeah it was after it was actually the next drive the jaguars had that that time you know on fourth and fourth and one they give it to james robinson they don't get the push up front and they get stopped so i mean that could have happened on the drive where trevor throws the interception but yeah you're right it's it's still second down it's not it's not fourth and fourth and one it's second down i think he tries to get too cute sometimes Doug Peterson. I do want to point out making that stop on James Robinson with a, with a total of seven tackles on the day was Christian Kirksey of the Houston Texans. And the fact that we have, I think this is one of the best name matchups here is Christian Kirksey versus Christian Kirk. My God. Almost as good as Josh Allen, Josh Allen. Yeah, but Christian Kirk didn't play. Oh. Oh, did he? Oh, he played. He played, my friend. He played. Oh, you got his. You didn't see his six-yard reception or eleven. Oh, sorry, eleven-yard reception. Oh man, he had a he had a killer first uh, three games of the season, and he is he's been a non-factor since then, which is a little disappointing. Well, it's disappointing all around, man. And I'm just curious if there's anything else on your mind or anything that you want to impart to us before we take on the Colts this Sunday. I got one question for you. You can just answer it pretty quickly. You don't even have to explain yourself. Which play do you think was like more of a bonehead play, like a dumber play? What do you think hurt us more, the Lawrence interception or the Trayvon Walker two penalties? Walker for sure. I mean, Lawrence is trying to make a play. Lawrence is stupid doing this. He's playing hero ball on a second down with all kinds of options. It's very stupid, but in his mind, uh, he just, for whatever reason, Stingley's invisible. And he, to me, I think he's trying to recreate the Zay Jones back of the end zone catch from the Chargers game. Was that the Chargers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's his deal. You know, he got that was a beautifully thrown ball uh, that Jones, Jones caught for that touchdown earlier in the season. And he's trying to recreate that. Whereas Walker is ignoring the whistles and ignoring all the Tua trauma and doing literally the worst thing a human could do in that moment. Okay. All right. Like without a doubt. Like like there's no question. There's no like Trevor's thing. He might be ignorant. He might, you know, but in his mind, he's like, oh, well, Jones is going to come up with this like miraculous catch and I'll be a hero again. Is he afraid to run it? I'm starting to think he's afraid to run it. I, I don't know. I don't think he's I don't. I'm afraid this game of football is getting into Trevor's head too much. There's so much pressure on him coming out as this blah, 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 generational quarterback that. Like he's internalizing it and you can see it in like play by play decision making. 
That's my deal. So yeah, if he's afraid to run it, it's because of all the 85 conversations he's had with different coaching personnel over the last two years about when to run and when to throw. And so he's hesitant, not because he's afraid, you know, physically or doesn't think he's going to score or whatever, just, just thinking that it's not the right thing to do in this time of the play. Yeah, it just feels like he doesn't have a, a great feel for the game right now. I know he, he's a smart dude and he knows how to play football, but it feels like in the NFL, he doesn't have a great feel, great feel for pressure, great feel to when to just tuck the ball and run. So some of the instincts, I think. Are, are a little concerning. Well, man, I wish I could change our theme song this week to like a minor key and slow it down, you know, by 20 beats a minute or something. This has been an episode of The Drunken Jaguar. <laughs> oh, anyway, but this has been an episode of The Drunken Jaguar, and we are an SB Nation and Big Cat Country podcast that will... Uh, delay our switch to covering fishing and tennis for another week as we do have faith in the Jaguars bouncing back against the Indianapolis Colts this coming Sunday. I said thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate it. Go Jags, my friend. Go Jags. have honestly said our favorite Blake Bortles moment, but I can't even think of my favorite Blake Bortles moment. Oh, let's do that. Yeah, well, what, what is yours? I'm trying to think of one. Besides the stupid-ass Barstool interview. Uh. It's throw to Keelan Cole against Seattle. I'll always remember that one. Remember that deep one? Oh, yeah. Did he run it out of, out of the end zone, that one? Is that the one he like, runs the tunnel, or no? Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I ah oh man, I have a sentimental thing, man. Uh, it was it was the like the sort of fingertips, Dee Westbrook against the Patriots that last throw, and just seeing the anguish in Blake's face. I mean, that was like, I mean, I've been a fan of Blake as a lot of people, and so to see him get that close to the Super Bowl, we had the fumble recovery, uh, return for touchdown, called back, and and then here's here's Blake on a final drive, and you know. Almost, almost, almost gets it done. Not quite. I, I don't know. It's weird. I, that moment's endearing for me. You know, he got he got a lot of hate, but, you know, I was just talking about the instincts thing with Trevor Lawrence. This seemed like Blake, his throwing instinct, you know, sometimes he would make some really stupid decisions, but he would really go for it. You know what I'm saying? He would really lay it out on the line for his team, it seemed like. A real team guy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. He probably he runs that he runs that uh, play in against the Texans for sure, or throws it out of bounds, even if not intending to. <laughs> Tries to throw it out of bounds and throws an interception <laughs> with his tongue out the side of his mouth. I'm gonna miss him. I don't know what you heard about me. I'm a motherfucking boat. <laughs>
<laughs> he should be an analyst. Uh, they should put him on the on the Jaguars broadcast team, the media team. Ripping cigs, baby, ripping cigs. <laughs> uh, sh- <laughs>